Why would you put chocolate moon pies in front of me? I mean, what? Somebody Come s- on. Somebody sent them to us. Whoever sent us the moon pies and ding-dongs, thank you very much. Um, regrettably, Candace has gestational diabetes and won't be able to eat them, but she will be admiring them until... Uh, until the- Ow! Oh, God, what happened? Ow! Oh, boy. I don't know. I don't know. Hold on, hold on. All right. All right, welcome to Couples Therapy with Candace and Casey. Coming to you, um, coming to you from the basement of 368 Broadway. The basement. Feels you know like what? a basement. What? Don't eat that, please. I just... I know, but then we have to do the whole glucose thing, and then you're going to have your freak out. But do you know how good chocolate moon pies are? I think... First of all, they're chocolate. Whoever sent these knew to send the chocolate, which is the best kind. What, there's multiple flavors? There's like vanilla e lemon original with the white icing, and this is the one you want. You know how when you hang out with a person who's on a diet, all they do is talk about food and the foods they want to eat and the foods they wish they could eat? Oh, it's kind of like hanging out with you when you talk about your gluten and your like... Well, I'm on a very specific diet mm-hmm. that I try not to Me eat too. gluten. You know or- what? I follow moon pie. At Moon Pie or something like that on Twitter, and he's very funny, or she, or they are very funny. The social media? Yeah. Made me like them even more. Can I tell you a story about Moon Pies? Honey, this show is called Couples Therapy. It's meant to be a show about what it's it means to be married funny, and mental like a, health. A memory and of my childhood. Universal themes around relationships and how you persevere. So there was this um, Moon Pie dispenser in our gym. <laughs> and I was so scared. Like you put a nickel in it and a yeah, you put you put fifty cents in and a moon pie came out. But it wasn't this double triple layer, it was just a thin maybe it was I don't know. Anyway. I was so scrawny that I could put my hand in the machine and pull them out. You were that kid? I was that kid that stole the moon pies at my private school. You went to private school? You knew that. I know, but I, I'm trying to um put you on a pedestal. You went to a private school? I mean, I'm very proud to say that I went there, but it definitely messed me up. Kenneth, as long as I've known you, you've attributed all of your um, all my problems social anxieties <laughs> and your, your insecurities to your eight years, 12 years? How many years? I was there for 12 years. Your 12 years of private schooling. Well, I think that like this is it really taught me how I want to handle Francine in that you, how you learn changes from when you're a child to when you're an adolescent to when you're like a teenager. And I was very good at St. John's as a child with this strict and no, was, I don't, I don't know. I made like, I was the brightest in the class. Okay. And then something happened in seventh grade where they had me, where they switched the way they taught classes, where it was lecture style, like college prep. And I failed, failed classes. They tried to kick me out, which I just found out two years ago. My mom finally told me that they tried to kick me out. How does one try but not succeed to kick someone out? They called my mom and they said she's not St. John's material. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. That sounds like it's like a euphemism for something. I don't know. It's just they had some issues back then. I'm sure they've resolved them over the last 30 years. But um, You went to school 30 years ago? Did I? Yeah, 96, 2006. What was it like to be alive when we landed on the moon? I have this like sharp pain in my in my stomach. I feel like we were scratching at the surface of something with your schooling. Mm-hmm. 
You want to just flesh that out? Sure. Ask me anything. Okay. Okay. When I think of high school, so I was only in high school for two years. Um, I dropped out in the 10th grade. And my recollection of high school, like what high school felt like to me was largely being dismissed by frustrated teachers who now as an old, wise, mature adult, I don't fault. Like when you've got a kid who is sort of a, a huge pain in the ass like I was, I totally empathize with the teachers who just were like, screw this kid, I don't want to deal with him. But I remember what that felt like for me. And then on the other side, I remember like the few teachers, like Dr. Gabordi, Lou Gabordi, Ledyard High School. I remember the ones who like went the extra distance to show me that they cared and how impactful that was. Um, I'm drifting a little bit, but I, I guess it was two years of my life. Like two years is nothing. Like two years ago, I was vlogging. Like two years is nothing. But those two years of my life were such a crazy pivot point for me. And now when I think about like who I am as an adult, I still reflect on those, whatever, those 24 months or 18 months of high school. And you have brought up how much school messed you up. I guess I just don't understand. So you remember Dr. Whoever who showed some sort of encouragement for you? Yeah, I only, my teacher. Your teacher? I only remember specific instances where various teachers made me feel like total worthless shit at that school. How? You know what? It's actually really sad because you you pay a shit ton of money to go to this college prep school that everybody wants to go to. And if you're not at the top of the academic class, they don't nurture you because they focus their attention on the ones that are going to go to Harvard and the ones that are going to go to Yale. I mean, in my class, and this was a while ago, to, to give you perspective on how competitive it was there, two or three out of 120 kids got perfect scores on their SATs. This was not when, this was before recentering, where you have to get every single question right on the entire SAT to get a perfect score. So I got every question right. Three people got every single question right. And when I got a 1350, because I worked my ass off. 1350 out of 1600, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a good score. Um, and I went back to the counselor and I said, I think I can do better. I want to take it again. They said, I wouldn't push your luck. What does that even mean? I don't know. But I remember being like heartbroken. Like, I know I can do better. Why would they tell? What it means is like, you already got a good score. I wouldn't push it, honey. You probably lucked out. You know, like that was, that was the level of like, of how little support you got if you weren't. Okay. So I feel like a therapist. I feel like uh-huh. I'm the therapist now. Okay. So how does that affect you now? Like what does that manifest as? What is the what are the practical implications of being treated like that at such a vulnerable time? Um, either you do everything perfectly, or you're a failure. That's what you feel like now. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then and that's and why then you're it, so dismissive when you struggle. You're like I have to quit. Yes. Like I'll never. Like exactly. I came this far. This is the best I can do. So I'm not going to try again. Just like that woman said, don't try. When I really found out that I liked um, fine arts at the school. Like art, and they didn't really have a good art focus. It was sports and academics. And I would stay after school for hours because the art teacher would let me use the materials. But 
they never once said, you know, let me, let me nurture this part of what you're really good at. It was just like, oh, Candace just likes to daydream and play with the clay. There was no, I got nothing. Um, Candace, that movie Rushmore, Wes Anderson's Rushmore, which is one of the greatest films of all time, um, which you should see if you haven't seen it yet, it's so good. So Wes Anderson went to Candace's high school and the high school that he used as Rushmore in the movie Rushmore was the actual high school that Candace went to. I have two more anecdotes. Are, how deep are we going to go into the, Okay, go. Just quick ones. Okay. This is the kind of school it was. I was considering leaving junior year to go to public school. I did not leave. I tried out for um, cheerleader. I did not make cheerleader. I thought it was weird because like, I definitely should have made cheerleader, varsity cheerleader. And a year later, I asked the coach, I said, why didn't I make cheerleader? They go, oh, well, we heard a rumor that you weren't coming back, so I didn't want to give your spot to someone else. That's not how it works. I was enrolled for school. You don't give my spot. You know how mortifying it was that I didn't make the cheerleading team? What are we talking about today, babe? Well, I went to DP this morning. (sighs) Okay. Why didn't you tell me we had therapy today? Do I not get to go every time? It's just when we have trouble. Yeah, if you ever want to go, you just ask. But except for that one time when I went there and it was super awkward because we didn't have any problems to resolve. Right, that's why you don't come unless there's something okay, to talk so about. Okay, so what did she say? Are you, are you... Well, I told her about how yesterday I was really mean to Franny mm-hmm. in the morning. That's not fair. She came in and whined and whined and whined and I just couldn't take it because I hadn't slept at all. So I called your name and I was like, take her. And as you took her, she was like crying for me and reaching for me and I was just shut down. I was just like, I can't, I don't even give a shit. And I rolled over and I went to go back to sleep for a little bit. And then I came out of the bedroom and I felt so bad that I had let her leave while she was crying without like fixing it. I felt like such a monster. And I said, Casey, I don't feel very good. And you said, oh, honey, you gave me a hug. And you're like, is it Franny? And I was like, yeah, I feel like a bad mom. I feel like I just totally dismissed her. And you you said something like, you're not, she's having, it's like, I can see it. You're not imagining it. She's really bad to you right now. And it's only because you're pregnant. Like, don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. And I was like, oh, okay. And I got showered and I had a good day and everything. It was like, fine. Um, and I apologized to her later that night for being cranky in the morning, but whatever. I was telling Dr. P that you fig- you you figured it out. You figured it out when I just need you to just say some words of encouragement and that's it. You don't have to fix anything, but you just say what That worked? Oh my God, it worked. I texted you in the middle of the day thanking you for what you said. I'm not sure I got that. Are you sure mm. you sent it to me? Yeah, I'll send it again. Um I mean, good. You're welcome. I mean, I'm happy. No, it's good. And she's like, but she also was like, you need to take some credit, Candace, too, because you didn't come out of the room and um, express your frustrations by like slamming doors and being mean to Casey. You came out and like asked him to comfort you, basically. Right? That's what I did. Mm She's like, you go, you guys are coming so far. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Like the fact that she wasn't in crisis control mode, she she was. She's offering positive reinforcement. She was very, very proud of both of us for how we both handled that situation. And I have to agree. She's like, imagine he had his own therapist. He only comes here once every couple of well, months. Well, I asked her for a person. She had two recommends for me. Neither has followed, followed through. It's hard to get a therapist. 
Really? Sometimes they're like, we're not... A lot of really good therapists they won't, won't take, take new, new people. Why? Like, they don't have that time. How they make a living? Oh. There's only a certain amount of work hours in a day. Imagine doing like eight back to back to back. Like, how do you keep track of all those people's problems? Like, I live with you and I talk to you for a total of about 15 minutes every 24 hours, this podcast notwithstanding. I still can't keep up with all the stuff that you, that you tell me about. I don't know. I think it's a part of the brain they access through practice because she knows everybody's name in my life. Really? And she doesn't mess it up. She's like, and your friend so-and-so? Or I, be, I have this friend. I think I've talked about her. She does this for a living. She's like, yeah, Sarah. And I'm like, whoa, how do you remember all that stuff? Can, I'm a little bit anxious about this weekend. What's this weekend? Well, you're going to be in New York. I'll be in fine. I'm going to my grandmother's funeral where I'm going to see all of my extended family on... So my mother is one of eight children. So she has eight brothers and sisters, seven brothers and sisters. And I think collectively there's like 30, almost 30 of us grandchildren. And I actually think this is like a really lovely gesture and a beautiful thing. Instead of having a traditional funeral, my grandmother's sort of one of her last wishes was that we celebrate her life by all getting together. So we're all going up to Vermont and we're all getting together and we're going to spend time together. And I really genuinely, no sarcasm, I really think that's just a wonderful, awesome thing. But I don't know this side of my family very well. In fact, I, you know, of my 20 plus 28, 26 cousins, I probably know, like I've probably spoken to, you know, I've probably spoken to five of them once in the last decade. I think you'll be fine. I don't know what you're freaking out about. I don't like having conversations with people. And I know that situation's going to be the same, like getting to know you convo with, with 20 people that I'm related to. And I just know I'm going to fucking panic. I always panic. In I situ- think that this comes, this, com- this, this. My sister's so good at this stuff. Your sister is good at it. She's she really likes it. it. She loves meeting people. She loves talking to people. She, she fits in wherever she is. You hate it. So tell me why you would, what, what do you feel guilty about? Would you rather be there for a short amount of time and... and I'm not going to be engaged for a short amount. It's either be there, not engaged for a short amount of time or be there, not engaged for a long amount of time. And I went with the latter. Okay, I don't know. I don't have an answer for, I mean, I don't know how to fix it for you. It's like you're making your own bed. Yeah. When you do these things. But it's like it's, right it's like the speaking engagements that you take that you do not want to do. Well, the thing about the speaking engagements is I love the part when I step on stage and get to talk. But that's not all it is. No, everything it's else It's also travel and it's a like dinner. And I it's don't like a, the dinners. I don't like being so close with all those people. But I love getting to talk. I love, I'm very comfortable on a stage because yes. by myself. Yeah, yeah I know. I, 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 I know. To me, that's you like love a, talking. It's like making a movie. Like that's what it feels like on stage. Like, can I keep people's attention for an hour by sharing stories? But and that's not life. I love that. That's not life. It's just the good parts. It's, it's like the moon pies, but no dinner, but no vegetables. That's not. Yeah, the real life is interacting with people, which you have a hard I time hate doing. It. So don't. I don't. I, so don't. You know, I don't know don't that go. I was always like this. I remember when you I weren't. first. It's one of those things that that gets worse as you get older. Look at my father. You know, like no one. No. I remember when I was young, I used to love going out. I would go out to all the events. Yeah. I would like find any excuse to go to events. Now, like, what was that? There was a really funny tweet that went viral and it said, I used to sneak out of my apartment to go to parties mm-hmm. and now I sneak out of parties to go back mm-hmm. to my apartment. That transition, I feel like, happened fast. There's just, 
it happens when you I have too much. I flip out. It happens when you have a lot, when you have enough going on in your own life that you don't need to find entertainment elsewhere. And that's where you are right now. You have too much going on and no free time. And this, you're going to go to this funeral weekend and you'll have fun with your sister and you'll mm-hmm. have fun with your brothers. Mm-hmm. Brother, only one can Brother. Make it. But you're going to come back and you're going to say, I, I should have just gone for one day. Yeah. I guess it was just, I always try to do the right thing, which is really easy to do and in, practice. In, in, it's really easy to say you're going to do that. It's really easy to to commit to that before you go into it. It's really hard to do in practice. You know what I mean, honey? Mm-hmm. Are you mad at me? No. I feel like you're upset. I'm not. It's just, you know how last the last podcast you're like, there's no getting through to you when you're like this? <laughs> there's not really getting through know, to you on I this feel topic. Like it's dismissive when you're like, just don't go. <laughs> It's my family. It's a family. I feel like I'm it's my saying. job to give it my best effort. And you give it your best effort that you can handle as who you are. You're not Jordan. You're not someone who can go somewhere for three days and enjoy yourself. So why are you putting yourself in that position of being miserable? Why? I don't know. You know? Like, I would love to have gone to my friend's 40th birthday this weekend in, t- in Texas. Could hop on a plane, go, have fun, That's come back. That's why you want to go to Austin? No. Let's just listen. Even my mom's coming, I could do it. But then you have to think about the nitty-gritty. Do I really feel comfortable sitting in a plane this big for four hours? Am I going to have fun at a party where everyone's drinking and I can't and can't even have the cake? And then you know what? The right thing to do would be to go, but it's not the right thing for me. So right you're, you're skinning skip the whole party and you're not going to go to Texas just because you can't have cake. No, but I sent them a bottle of Dom, so I think it should be fine. Um, I have another question that I, I, this is another thing that I struggle with. Right now, upstairs, outside of 368, there are like 30 people out there. And I'm like racing here so we can do this podcast and I was late. And as I approach the door... They're like, there's this slow, like it's a slow motion, like verbal and sometimes like borderline physical assault. Like they're not striking me, but people physically grab me and put their arms around me. None of it bothers me except for how slow people are. Like if, if they want a selfie, let's just do it. And what I do in that time in between like this slow motion attack and getting my hands in the door is I just go as fast as I can and I say, I'll be right out. And I go inside, and that is a fucking lie. When I say I'll be right out, it's me just saying whatever I have to say to go inside. Is that does that make me a bad person? I feel guilty. There's like a very nice woman. She looked like a mom outside. She was like, "Just make a video for my daughter and take no, a picture." No, it's not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyone can call me a bitch, or this is what you deserve in life because you asked for it. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that, like, you know, the, the, the risk of what you share and people knowing a lot about you, that's what you get. That's what you get. You don't want someone to know too much about you, too bad. They know where your office is. They know where this is. I don't think it's wrong to, to be like, sorry, guys, I just don't do that. I was listening to, like, my classic hip-hop this morning on my run, and there was that song from Eminem where he's like, no, I don't owe you a motherfucking thing. I'm not Mr. Instinct. I'm not what your friends think. 
I'm not Mr. Friendly. I can be a prick or something like that. And it's it's like bothering me when I'm feeding my daughter. You know that song? Mm-hmm. And it got me all charged up. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to be like that. Like, I can be a prick. And then like, some like, ha- kid comes up to me and is like, can I have a selfie? I'm like, hey, buddy. Yeah, and give him a hug. It's not I'm being terrible a, at it's it. It's not being a prick. It's your working. Like, when people come to the office and we don't know who they are and they randomly are looking for me, when the doorbell rings. You let people in your no, office? No. There are times when we're expecting a messenger. Oh, and you think that this. Uh, and we think it's the messenger and in comes a family. That's trespassing. Only once or twice have I actually, like, paid attention. It's fucking 15, 20 minutes out of my day. Yeah, people. It's not okay. There's this this thing that I say that is a little bit, I think, dismissive and, and, and certainly rude, but I think it's very real, which is that people who are not busy have no empathy for people who are busy. I mean, not even empathy, respect. People who are not busy have no respect for people who are busy. You know, like when you have a friend come to New York City on vacation, and I hate to say this because I love this city. This isn't like, I don't know what to tell people when they come here for vacation. You know what I mean? Like, what do you do in the city? Go to the Met, go to a museum, in any event. And they call you and they're like, hey, let's get together. Let's have breakfast. Let's have lunch. Can we hang out? And you're like, they've got, all they're trying to do is fill their time. And I have no free time. That is, um, that's like the most frustrating thing. I have a friend here right now. He's been texting me all day. I'm texting him back. You know, my sister gets really mad at my mom because my mom will call her at work and she's a doctor. So she's... She has no social media situation like you do. She doesn't have patients waiting outside her door to get selfies. But even she doesn't like being disturbed at work for anything other than an emergency. I respect that. Oh, so I, you know, I raised my meds last week. Uh oh. One of them. Uh huh. Make a difference? I think so. I'm not as like crazy obsessive gerbil wheel anxiety. I was like fixing fixating on things at the end. Remember, like that yeah, girl that pissed me off, weird. and I couldn't stop talking about it for like weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't feel so much of that anymore. You've leveled off. But do I? Am I a little bit like catatonic? You're majorly catatonic. <laughs> You're like subdued. I'm so subdued. The girls and I were having a meeting here downstairs near basement, and they would say something, and then I would wait like four or five seconds, and then I'd be like. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you're like Jack Nicholson at the end of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That's what you look like. I'm very like. calm. You're, you're <laughs> calm on a scary level. Oh, man. I was getting very scared about the birth. Your birth. My, yes, my birth. Irrationally so. Like it's happening. It's happening one way or another. It's not your first child. And I the know. things that you were freaking out about were like outside of your control. What was I freaking out about? The, the hospital bed or like what happens if it comes early or what happens if... Yeah. Like you just... But why meltdown now? How about when we get like, cool, let's, let's, pin, let's put a pin in that and revisit <laughs> like when you're within a month of having the child. It's like, do we going to have to do, just have this conversation for the next three months? Uh, I'm scared of dying. I don't know how to react to that. I don't know what to say. That's such a I don't know morbid if that's, thing to well, say. I don't know if that's normal. I don't know if it's normal or abnormal or if it's like all pregnant ladies get anxiety and fear. I fear the worst mostly because because I know I'm going to have to have another C-section. Like what if something terrible happens? I don't know. I told you I'm uncomfortable. Like you just crossed the line when you said C-section. Now I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) You're sweating. I know, but don't say (laughs) words like that. I just get so weird with that stuff. Uh, 
Not, not okay. When does your mother get here? Saturday. How are you going to do Friday? I'm not going to be here. What's Friday? Oh no, I am going to be here Friday. There'll be a nice easy handoff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't <laughs> leave me alone with that child. <laughs> she just beats me up. Francine is so mean to Candace. It's primarily what we talked to the therapist about. She's ridiculous. It's a dark situation. A dark situation. I don't understand it. She's a different person. It's like multiple personalities. Yeah. I mean, she treats, like I've seen her with the babysitter. She's as friendly with her as she is with me. And she's just this lovely little angel girl who likes to party and giggle and make unicorn cupcakes. And then Candace walks in the room and she just turns into this like evil, just monster. Just monster. Monster. It's like she needs an exorcism. <laughs> Do you think she'll listen to this in the future and look back at it? And Is this wrong for us to be talking no, about No, she is a monster right she's now. She's a monster. I think she's fine. She's so cruel to you. Although when I told my mom the story about the, the, sore, the sore tummy thing, the yeah. sore tummy trick, yeah. she started, she didn't, before she said any words, she just started cracking up. Your mother did? Yeah, and I was like, what's so funny? She's like, you did the exact same thing. That's what's scary about me. This is what makes me nervous as a parent about Francine is that I see so much of her in, so me much of her. you in her. Yeah. Which isn't a big deal when she's like a 28-pound three-year-old. But I'm, what happens when she's a teenager? What happens if she's a really pretty teenager? Good God. I want one Therapy. of Therapy. For who? All of us. I would love to have a teenage daughter who is one of those plain Jane, pretty, I'm, I, I want her to be pretty, but one of those, I mean, I love her no matter what, but I, I mean, one of those plain Jane girls who's really into reading, you know, when no. everybody's partying, she's one in the corner reading. It's not going to happen. <sighs> she's the ringleader of her friends. She's, did you see that video the other yeah. day of her and the other little girl looking at the fish tank? And the one little girl goes, look at all the sand, and Francine doesn't miss a beat, says, that's the fish food. That's what the fish eat. And the girl's like, no, it's not. And she's like, yes, it is. I know it is. That's the sand. That's the food that the fish eat. And then the other little girl was like, oh, okay. Like, she's just manipulative, bossy. (laughs) She's so mean. Like, nobody told her that sand was fish food. She just invented it on her own. What, um, why did you kill the podcast last week? Oh, because we were fighting too much in it back and forth. and I, We? I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last mm-hmm. week I was the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Last week? More than last week? Mm. No, mm. Come on now. <laughs> Don't get greedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've never seen you wrestle with anything. So Candace does all the heavy lifting on this podcast. So Candace does the editing. Candace does the reviewal. Candace titles. She does the subject. She does all that stuff. Basically, I just show up for Moon Pies, the recording, and then I leave. And Candace handles everything else. And typically, it's like one round. You're like, just cut this out, make this a little bit shorter, cut out the part where I graphically talk about my anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. And then it goes live, and it's great. And last week, it was like 10. We were traveling. I, I it was know. like 10 you, edit rounds. You know why, though? It went up four days late. It took me five days to accept that I sounded terrible in that one. And I was nervous, and how could I cut it? But you can't cut it. You can't. It was like that's Is that just why how there was it like was. People were saying bad things about it online. They were like, um, if there was one that sort of hit home. I talked about this yesterday in the vlog, but basically, it's like the only kind of negative feedback that hurts are when people are honest. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. What did they What did they say? They were like, 
if if Candace focus if Candace and Casey focus more on this podcast, it'd be a smash hit. Oh, I read that one. You don't. I don't feel like last week we were focused at all. We were scattered. We were all over the place. I don't think that's what he's talking about. Oh, I think he's talking about scheduling every oh, you week. Think because we missed. Yes, the, well, he's not wrong. Consistency mm-hmm. matters. My favorite podcast, which um, is called The Daily by the New York Times, like you should delete this podcast and go download that podcast. It's incredible. It's live every day. I think it's six a.m. Well, that was. I don't clear. even know how they do it. She's leaning back with that look in her face. Which is our cue to go to questions. Hi, Casey and Candice. My name is Ashley. Um, I am expecting identical twin girls also in October, and I have gestational diabetes since week 11, so I feel your pain, Candice. Um, my question is actually for you, Candice. Something that I wasn't prepared for, um, this is my first pregnancy, and I was definitely not prepared for the fear and anxiety that would come with it, um, fear of complications and anything else. Um, So I was wondering if that was something that you experienced and maybe how you handled those fears. Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Bye. I think I'm probably best suited to answer (laughs) this question. (laughs) I mean, refer back to minute 30 or whatever. What is the girl-to-guy ratio that listens to this show? I, I mean, don't know. Okay, okay, answer the question. Why, you think somebody's not interested in a girly question? Well, I just mean it's going very like um, OBGYN-y right now. No, it's not. That's a total mental okay. thing. Sorry for being Yeah, pathetic. major anxiety, scared of dying, scared of <laughs> water breaking. There's in the no way this is helpful to hear. <laughs> no, I don't know. All I can tell you is that you're not alone. And it's apparently a thing that like you become fixated and get anxious. And if... If you if it's something that's like keeping you from doing normal activities, like finishing your work and stuff like that, and you're really fixating on it, then you should talk to your OBGYN about it. They might be able to help you or put you on some meds that aren't harmful to calm you down. But you should talk to your OBGYN about it. I have nothing to contribute to this. It's normal, but if it becomes debilitating, it's not just like a fleeting thought. It's something that like keeps you in bed, then you should talk to somebody. Congratulations. I always wish I had twins. Hi, Casey and Candice. It's Colin Henning here from uh, Scotland. Yay! I'm sorry if you can't understand me, but I was just wondering how both of you deal with the kind of insecurities that come with being in the public eye. Because I try to make vlogs and videos for YouTube, but I just find myself so self-conscious, not only out in the street recording, but even putting that online for everyone to see and kind of judge you by. Um, And also, I guess, how do you deal with criticism? (laughs) Um, You must have quite thick skin. Thanks very much. Uh, And I love the podcast. I could listen to that voice all okay, day. Okay, enough, enough, Candace. Enough with the swooning. I love it. <laughs> um, I love it. I don't know the answer to that question, but I do think we're like talking about my intro, my what's quickly becoming like an extreme introversion earlier. And I often like think about what is the um, what is the intersection between my like absolute disdain for physically being around people. But my total comfort in sharing, like you know, every facet of my life as publicly as possibly uh, could be imagined. So I, I don't know, honey. I mean, I think that the thick the thick skin thing is real. Like first time you read a negative comment, it's the first time somebody said something mean to you since you were in like seventh grade, and it hurts. But definitely become numb to it right now. Definitely like rolls off of me. It doesn't. 
there's no feel. I don't. Do you do you have any thoughts? I don't know. It's, I'm Maybe so, it's if been you so... enjoy the if you enjoy the creating part, then create and turn off the comments for a while until you feel comfortable. It doesn't have to be that complicated. That <laughs> no, that was there was something deep there, honey. You that was prophetic. Well, yeah, you shouldn't let your fear stop you from do, doing things. How can what's a workaround? Well, I, I look at the inverse of that, which is that I think the reason why I create is not for. Um, primarily for recognition or admiration or what's that thing like self when constant like reinforcement what's, what's the word I'm searching for when somebody's constantly telling you you're doing good validation constant validation like I used to make movies and nobody would see them I'd make movies and when they were done and put them on a tape and put them on a shelf because I had no way to share them so I, I think for me it is the act of creation that I love and that blinds or blocks any of the bullshit that comes along with being in the public eye. That was, you were good with that one, Candace. Thanks. All right, next one. Hey, Candace and Casey. This is Sean calling from Los Angeles. Uh, my girlfriend and I relate to you guys in that we sort of have different interests and it's easy to get caught up in doing our own thing. What do you two do to stay connected? Thanks. Ooh, that's hard. Sean and his girlfriend clearly don't have children. Yeah, that's do, one thing that keeps us connected. What do we do? All we do is talk about our kid and then fight when I go to the gym. And then I wake up Candace in the morning to play with the baby and me. That's our whole relationship. We talk about work a lot. We talk about work. We talk about family a lot. You know what? Not to get mushy. Candace and I are best friends. Yeah, that's what it is. We don't have to be... There's no expectation. We don't have to share everything, but we just, it's someone that you're comfortable, I'm comfortable coming home to you. Yeah, like that stress when you're young of, when you're young in a relationship, when a relationship is young, you're like, shit, how am I going to impress her? What can I do tonight? She doesn't want to go to a baseball game because that's too boy. Let me take her here. What's she interested in? None of that even occurs to me. You're just like my homie. Mm -hmm. So we just like do stuff. I don't even care if you like it. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, that's why this podcast is really, I really like it. This is our thing. This is our thing. Okay. I don't know. We don't, because Casey doesn't like to like go out to dinner do and anything, stuff like that. Do anything. It's hard. So yeah, we just kind of found a way to coexist that keeps us plenty entertained. I'm worried about what happens when our kids grow up and leave the house in like 20 years. I think we'll probably get a divorce then. Cool. Is there another question? Hey, Casey and Candace. So my husband and I listen to your podcast every week during our long drive, and we absolutely love it. So shout out to him because we'll probably be listening to it right now. Um, So this question is for Candace mainly, but obviously, Casey, feel free to chime in. I wanted to know if you feel that therapy should be an ongoing thing or more of a take what you learn in, let's say, a year of sessions and then use those tools. Thanks so much. Love you guys. I think that any length of therapy can be helpful. You know, sounds like one or two sessions because that's not going to do much. But there are times when you you need help figuring out what's going on in your life at that exact time. And then there are people who just do better with like always having a third person to talk to yeah, the, forever. The way that I describe it, and um, again, my experience with professional mental help, mental health Assistance or help is much more limited than Candace, but it's something that I'm very like bullish on. I really, um, it's just so helpful. Is that like 
it's the equivalent of do you wait till you're sick to go to the doctor or do you constantly go for checkups to make sure you're healthy? Or what about this? It's like having a trainer to get you in shape and teach you all the tools you need to be healthy. That's way better than mine. And then if you're a disciplined person and can keep practicing all those things, right. But if you're kind of lazy like I am, you have to (laughs) go every week. Yeah, you get unhealthy again. Mm -hmm. I will say if it becomes a fixture in your life, it does make you a better person Um, because you're just more rounded. It's like always having a backboard to bounce the ball off of, the ball being your emotions and all the weird stuff that happens in your head. Hello, my name is Ashley. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I'm a bio major. Um, I want to become a physician assistant. My boyfriend is a voice actor and he's been doing a lot of cooler projects. He's been flying to a couple places and recording and he's been to a couple cool studios and he tends to get make more money, and which is good. But I tend to compare myself to him a lot and I get jealous because I wish I could have that fun and have really fun experiences like him. And sometimes I don't know if I'm happy with my career path. How do I stop comparing myself towards him? Major question right there. Well, that was like a big parallel to something that is... With us? Well, I just like the details are that I have shed tears over my jealousy about your work and your success and all of the accolades you get like on a daily basis. Whereas everything I have, I've worked so hard for trying to figure it out but my I'm trying to set my level of success against your level of success I will never have the success you have so I have to be happy and proud of myself for what I've done with with my world I'm not Casey Neistat I don't have three million followers on some sort of social media platform I don't have people knocking down my door to work with me but I need, I need to find it within myself to be super proud of myself, as all my friends and family are, including my employees, being like, you built something from nothing with no understanding of what you were doing. That's a huge feat. And it's, that's not any less impressive. Well, depends who you ask. But that shouldn't be any less impressive than someone having fun with their success, and it seems so easy. Yeah, my answer to that question is one of fulfillment. Um, and this is such an unsat. If I was in your shoes, this would be the most unsatisfying answer. But the question that I'd have for you is, are you, one, become, working in the medical profession in any capacity, I think is a, a wildly noble cause. Candace, a lot of her family are doctors and they work in the medical profession and I just look at them with such admiration. And if you're pursuing that career path because it's something that you believe in and something you want to do, that's the path to fulfillment. And to always be chasing, I think, what other people have leads to anxiety and unhappiness. And I'm going to say something, this is a generalization, and it's not fair because it doesn't include everyone. But if you look at the sheer amount of rock stars or musicians or actors or people who are in the spotlight in a way that sort of culturally defines what success means. Um, There are a lot of mental health issues there. There's always a a lot of drug abuse. I'm sorry, there's often a lot of drug abuse there. 
There are a lot of, of suicides. I mean, look very recently with a lot of these big, gigantic A-list superstars um, committing suicide just this year in 2018. And they have what I think is culturally, what ha- can be culturally defined as like the ultimate kind of success in life. But their lack of happiness or their lack of fulfillment um, or, or myriad other mental health concerns led them to be so unhappy that they resorted to, you know, drugs or, or something even f- more severe. Am I going too far? You're going too far. I think it's a very simple question. You live with someone. You're in a relationship with someone. You can't be any closer to another human being than you are in that relationship. And that person who you're closest to in life has a job that's totally fucking awesome, that is so fun, that's taking them everywhere and paying them shitloads. And you always wanted to do this. You always wanted to be a, a physician's assistant. There's no, there's no glory in it. There's no, there's no money in it sometimes. Like, how do you share a life with somebody who has all that and then you get, yeah. you get you're, resentful? You're not wrong. You're you know, right. it's not about no, I understand. picking a different career. She's doing what she wants to do. I guess I just zoom all the way out to like 30,000 feet and it's like... But that's not what she's asking about. No, you're right. She's you're asking right, about right. her I'm one trying to give more foot. general advice. No. You have to force yourself to not be threatened by how fun and easy it is for your partner. That's not their, It's not their burden to bear that they are so good at what they do or that they fell into a career that is fun. That's number one. So you have to stop the resentment. You have to embrace that like, great, he's making more money. He can buy dinners. Like that's good for everybody. And then on the the other side is you have to understand that if you weren't living with him and you were only looking at yourself and your career and you're doing it, you do what you're doing, what you wanted to do and be proud of yourself for it. Find, find the pride for yourself. I'm sure your family is proud of you. I'm sure you're proud of yourself when you're not comparing yourself to your boyfriend that's having a grand old time. Does that make sense? I think so. Okay, that's the best I can do. But no, it's not unusual, I don't think. I think it makes, I think it makes a lot we've of... Because we've got you who feels it, I've got my sister who feels it, and I feel it, and that's three people right there that I know of. Yeah. But I don't resent you, Casey, for being successful i did for a while yeah, and there's sometimes mean to me abused me for being work so hard i know you do and you deserve everything you have coming to you it's just sometimes a little bit difficult when you feel like it's very easy for one and not for the other when you live together like i don't have any animo- animosity is to this, is this because of every night before you go to bed i do that thing where i bring out the suitcase full of money and i make it ring in our <laughs> bed before we fall asleep <laughs> Yeah, and you I'm think right. that's unnecessary, and I say, no, it's the only uh, way I can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody sent me one of those guns that you put dollar bills in, and then you hold down the trigger, and it shoots oh, dollar that's bills. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I thank you guys for tuning in. So I'm gone next week. How are we going to record the pod, babe? You're back on Wednesday. Thursday. We're fine. We'll record Thursday night. Ooh, that's going to be tired. I'm going to be sleepy. Okay. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Say something nice. Oh my God, you put me on the spot like that. Just, just be That like, guy's accent was really nice. Come on. <laughs> if you love our podcast, don't forget to subscribe on all these different apps like... Wherever podcasts are wherever found. Wherever podcasts are found.
and, and give us five stars and nice reviews because it does help us. And download Anchor. And thank you, Anchor, for producing this show.